even though I'm vastly healthier than, than I was, I still have chronic pain. I still have this desire to contribute to the world, but I can't work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Realizing and looking back, I had picked all of these careers that literally are like 60, 70, 80 hour a week careers. Like if you're actually, you know, really successful at it, like law, acting, being a founder, CEO, all of these things. And I thought, well, that's just crazy making, like, what are you doing? So (laughs) what's something that I could actually do in a shorter amount of time that I really believe in and that would put some good into the world? And a friend of mine called me one day and she was really going through it. And she said, I really trust you. I've had friends tell me to contact a therapist, but you're the person I want to talk to. Emily Shawls joining me today. She's a TEDx and keynote speaker and transformational coach with a focus on guiding women with invisible illness to a life they love. Because Emily herself has been through it. She's lived it. Her journey took different turns. She was an attorney originally, then became a professional actress and health food company founder, all while struggling, often silently with chronic health challenges. Emily told me she was on 25 pills a day by the time she was 30, but found a way to change her life and her career path to help fellow women with invisible illness who are ready to, as she says, supercharge their resiliency. I'm especially taken with how Emily uses that part of her life that she struggles with the most to lead others to transforming their lives for the better. Let's listen. Emily, welcome to Bucket List Careers. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm really appreciative of being here. No, I feel lucky because I know you're busy and you have a retreat coming up. You do these every once in a while. And I thought it would be great to mention the title of it right off the bat because it's so apropos to the show. It's called Shift Yourself. You know, it tells us a lot about what you're doing, what you're doing with your story, your coaching, your speaking, and the transformations that you're helping women achieve with invisible illness. We're going to dig into all of that, but I'd like to dial us back first Because you did have a few pivots, and that's also a part of this show in your professional evolution. So let's go back to your days. I'd say let's start with Chicago when you were a practicing attorney. Yes. And walk us through that a little bit. You know, what was working for you and what wasn't? I loved law school. It was fascinating to me, but right as I was getting accepted to different law schools is when my health took a nosedive. So my senior year in college is when I had my gallbladder removed. I'm diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel. They just throw some meds at me and I go and I do three years of law school, which I loved. And then a week after I graduated from law school, I flipped my hair back and something in my neck snapped. Oh no. And the pain ended up spreading and I was ultimately diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is chronic pain. And so this is at the very, very beginning. Like I'm taking my bar exam review courses with a neck brace and a bottle of Vicodin. Immense stress. High stress. And then I pass the bar and I start my career and it's 80 hours a week. You know, that's like minimum in downtown Chicago in a law firm. I honestly don't know how I would have felt about my legal career had I been healthy. But I literally started and I was already dealing with all of these health issues. I was on 25 pills a day by the time I was 30. I mean, it was just brutal. 
Yes, you mentioned that. I mean, how do you, well, first of all, let's expand on invisible illness. You mentioned some of those conditions that you have, but I'm not sure that I hear that very much, that phrase. So can you sort of explain to us, maybe the media is not telling us enough about it. The fact that I don't really know what an invisible illness is. Exactly. I found that term and I really liked it because in my mind, I define it as any chronic physical or mental condition where you look normal. People are like, oh, but you look good, you know, like, and, but inside you're suffering. I had thought about using the phrase chronic pain, but that doesn't really incorporate mental struggles as much, or people with mental struggles don't really attach or or relate to that phrase. That's more a physical. So when I saw invisible illness, I thought that's, that's what I'm looking for. It's something where you are sick and it is a daily struggle, but no one would know it because we, we clean up good. We look good. We can smile and be with the rest of them. Yeah. But inside there is pain every single day. And that is something that is just intense to go through. And especially when you don't know it, there have actually been times in my life that I was like, God, I wish I like had a leg amputated or something where people could see and know that I, you know, need some help, but they can't. And that's why I call it invisible illness. So you were going through this as a lawyer How did you pull yourself out of it? I know you obviously left the law. So walk us through when you achieved that level of self-awareness. It was at the point I had moved away from Chicago. I had moved with my now ex-husband to London for a year and a half. And I just thought, great, I can rest. But the rest didn't help. You know, it just didn't, it, that's not the cure. And so when we came back, our marriage had really disintegrated and to the point where he asked for a divorce because I was not able to have children at that point, you know, like okay. with the pain and everything. Understood. Yeah. And so I had moved into this little apartment by myself. You know, I'm working part-time at a legal aid place that, you know, barely making ends meet. And I really hit my bottom. And Basically, what I did was I looked on, at that time, it was meetup.com. I think meetup still exists, but it was way back in those days. Does it? I'm not sure either. And I looked up fibromyalgia support group because I was just like, I need, Mm -hmm. I felt so alone. I needed some support. And there wasn't one in Chicago, but there were 75 people who had said, please contact me if ever one exists. And so me being kind of the type A personality, I thought, okay, well, how hard is it? You just say like when and where, and you go support each other. So like I created the group. (laughs) Good for you. And at the first meeting, I met a woman who said, hey, can I bring in a speaker next time about nutrition. Okay. And that for me was the turning point because all of my doctors up to that point was like telling me what you eat doesn't really matter. This is all genetic, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I ate like crap. I just never got that education. And so when I really shifted my diet, I got enough mental clarity and physical relief that it was like, Ooh, okay. I need to make some changes in my life because what I'm doing right now is not working. And that's when I really re-examined and thought, do I like practicing law? And the answer was no. I really liked law school. I really did not like practicing law. Do I like living in Chicago? Not anymore. I'm freezing up for six months out of the year. Like, yeah. And so I really got clear as to, well, I'm clear as to what I don't want. So now what 
do I want? And that's when the first major shift in my life happened. I traveled around. I ended up moving and landing in Asheville, North Carolina, and then proceeded to explore other career options. What brought you to the South, by the way? I visited Asheville and I just fell in love with it. It was such a eclectic, funky, artsy, liberal town in the mountains. It was very health-oriented, lots of healthy restaurants, lots of trails, lots of kayaking, you know, like outdoorsy stuff. And, yeah. and that was what I was craving because I was really focused on my health. And so I thought, hey, I can actually be outside most days of the year. Let's go there. Yeah. So that was igniting some creative fire for you. Is that when you started the health food company? I know that you were involved in that for a bit. Yeah. I was an actor first. I first got into acting because I really, it was just something I asked myself the question and I give this question to clients all the time. What will you regret on your deathbed if you don't try? Oh, it's so powerful. And when I asked myself that and really was honest with myself, the answer came back acting. And I thought, okay, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. How is that ever going to happen? <laughs> but, you know, the power of our thoughts, the power of our desires within a week or so of me declaring that, like, I really want to explore acting. A brand new acting school opened up. I went, I ended up meeting my mentor who became later became my agent. I started working in like Atlanta. And so it was just this wonderful dive into this thing that I had always really been interested in. And that's when I got the idea for the energy bar. And so I did both for a while, but ultimately I knew I had to choose and focus on one. And for me, I was much more passionate about the, the energy bar than I was about acting. Like acting was a wonderful chapter in my life and I have no regrets, but it, it ultimately wasn't my passion. It was another step for you. It sounds like exactly. you fairly boldly stepped into these different roles. And what was your purpose with the energy bars? What did you think your differentiator would be there in that space? We were the first organic energy bar with only one gram of sugar. So I was really focusing on low sugar, but without chemicals. I love that. I hadn't seen that anywhere because of my own health journey. I had really educated myself about natural foods and, and you know, yeah. the dangers of a high sugar diet. And, and so I really wanted to create that, even though I had zero experience in that field. I mean, it was just every day I was making it up as I went along. And you had a team that you were working with and you pulled all this together. In the beginning, no, but I ultimately got some investors. Even JC Mraz came on board as an investor, which was super exciting. Nice. Yeah. We ultimately created this little company and it no longer exists. It didn't last. But again, I learned so much from the experience and have no regrets whatsoever. It's actually what led me to move to California because everything as part of that company was out on the West Coast, I was literally the only thing that was on the East Coast. And it was like, well, it's my company. I should probably be where everything's happening. Right, right. So that led you to Encinitas, California, where you are now. Yes. And like you said, it's all part of your journey. I mean, I really believe in nothing is a mistake in a way if it is leading to another door that's being opened for you. And it's clear that that new space for you is in coaching 
writing. You're also an author. You're a TED Talk speaker. So let's let's bring us up to date with where you are now and how you're contributing to this goal that's clearly very close to your heart, which is helping women with invisible illness. I mean, this is in a lot of ways so perfect for you. It is. It's a full circle. It really became a full circle moment. I let go of Ship Bars. That was the name of the energy bar company during the beginning of the pandemic, during the quarantine. It had just become just too much and and I decided to let it go. And that was really hard for me. I had a lot of my identity wrapped up in that. It was like, ooh, this is gonna make me millions and make me famous and you know, I'll be all the things. And so I took several months off where I was just at home on unemployment, like so many of us. And so I had that space, right. but it was really deciding, like, what do I really believe in? What do I really want to do? And for me, what I realized was, even though I'm vastly healthier than, than I was, I still have chronic pain. I still have this desire to contribute to the world, but I can't work 40, 50, 60 hours a week realizing and looking back, I had picked all of these careers that literally are like 60, 70, 80 hour a week careers. Like if you're actually, you know, really successful at it, like law, acting, being a founder, CEO, all of these things. And I thought, well, that's just crazy making, like, what are you doing? So (laughs) what's something that I could actually do in a shorter amount of time that I really believe in and that would put some good into the world? And a friend of mine called me one day and she was really going through it. And she said, I really trust you. I've had friends tell me to contact a therapist, but you're the person I want to talk to. Can I please talk to you? Coaching has always been very natural to me. And I think when things come easily to you, it can seem like that they're not really all that special because they come easy until you realize that they don't come easily to everyone else. Right. Once we had that conversation and it felt so wonderful, she had multiple breakthroughs, was crying, was like, we have to do this again. Literally the next day, a mentor of mine, the woman who I studied shamanic priestesshood with in Asheville, cool, contacted me, said, I'm starting a coaching company based on my teachings. I want to train you. Will you be one of my lead coaches? So it literally like presented itself. And that's incredible. I now I've, I've seen a Ted talk. It's called squiggly careers. Like the old career path is like you start in the mailroom and you work your way up. And now today it's like our career paths just are all over the place. Nonlinear. That's what mine is. And I love it because each career I found out what I liked, what I didn't like, what I'm good at, what I'm not so good at. And that informed my next leap. Instead of staying in a place where I was miserable, I could say, nope, let me take what I've learned and take the positives and move forward. So that's when I started the the coaching program. And in the beginning, honestly, I wasn't focusing on women with invisible illness. I was focusing more on like kind of high achievers, like, you know, fellow lawyers, things like that. Like an executive coach. Yeah, exactly. And it just didn't resonate. It wasn't something wasn't feeling right. But I did my first retreat and tried it out because I'm a big, big proponent of failing forward. Like you got to take action in order to get clarity. Like you're not going to get clarity just like sitting there thinking. I like that failing forward. Exactly. And so actually what happened was one of my dear friends uh, took her life and she had been dealing with chronic pain. And it just was this wake up call. I had lost another friend the year before same way. And it was just this like, and both women were so, so incredible, just had so much to give, but 
had this chronic pain that just they couldn't get out of it. Really, I got so angry. It was just like, there are so many women out there who have so much to give. And yet this is cutting them off at the knees. They, they're not able to do it. And so I thought, I actually have been studying this nonstop for almost 15 years. I know what has worked for me, what doesn't. I can really help these women cut down on all of that experimentation and you know frustration and really help. And I resisted it in the beginning because I really believe in law of attraction and our, our thoughts create reality. And so I didn't want to be the person focusing on pain all the time. True. But I realized I had come enough in my own journey that I could without identifying it. I could really stand there and be a support for women who are going through this without going down into the the depths with them. Right. I could stay up here and and lift them up. And honestly, it's the most fulfilling work I've ever done in my life. I mean, I feel so fulfilled and passionate about it. And it's just, I'm, I'm thrilled that I finally got here. <laughs> it's very clear listening to you and, and watching you and the way your eyes light up. You know, as far as takeaways, I like to do this for the listeners on getting closer to your authentic professional self. What would you say ranks at the top of your list? I mean, your whole story is jam-packed with lessons, but if you had to choose one or two takeaways for my listeners, what would they be? I would first say you have to truly be willing to take a leap of faith. Mm. You have to leap and trust that the net will appear and it will, it always does. But if you are in a place where you feel like you want to go this way, but you're worried about, you know, safety, security, things like that, you got to take the leap. You're a former attorney, and I'm sure you had some risk assessment charts Absolutely. going on. Pros and cons my God, yes. <laughs> You're not saying ignore that, but... Yeah, don't ignore that. And I, and I never say, like, you know, quit your job tomorrow and move on you know, like, with nothing else. Right. But, but really, as you're planning your exit strategy, as you're planning your transition, you have to have that faith that resources, people, opportunities are going to come to you. And if you keep a positive mindset, they will come to you. If you're stuck in fear, I believe that it's, it's going to be a bumpy ride. So knowing that you can always go back, like that's what I remember when I left Chicago, I said, Chicago will always be here. If I leave and I fall on my face, I can come back and rent another apartment and get another legal job. Like I will be okay. Right. But knowing that the universe loves you and it wants you to succeed and it wants you to be happy. And so knowing that you are going to be supported if you take that leap, I think is the number one thing that got me through along with that question about, you know, what would you <laughs> regret on your deathbed? That's uh, that's a powerful one. Oh yeah. No, I'm going to remember that one. Absolutely. No, th no, these are all powerful ideas and thoughts and it's obviously you have so much to give people. Where can we find out more about you? And specifically, if there are women out there who are interested in your coaching and your retreats, where is the best place to learn more? Yes. So my website is emilyshawls.com, E-M-I-L-Y-S-H-A-U-L-E-S. 
that's where you can find about my retreats and my group coaching program, which is called the Canary Club. I named it because I was going to ask about that. I almost forgot. Yes. What is that about? Women with invisible illnesses, I think we're the canaries in the coal mine and we're the ones who maybe we are born into like more sensitive bodies or systems, but we're the ones who are kind of sounding the alarm of, Hey, how we're doing things working 80 hours a week, having to do everything alone, raise the kids and clean the house and do all the things like it's not, it's not working and it's not working for anyone. We're just the ones that our systems are sounding the alarm first. So really claiming our sensitivity as a superpower, claiming it back and starting to design our life around our own health, putting our health first. And then what do we want to do? And I found, especially with women with invisible illness, a group setting is so supportive because it can be such a lonely journey. Even if you have a loving spouse, even if you have a loving family, friends, if they themselves don't have chronic pain, it's really, it's almost impossible for them to really understand what you're going through. So to be in a a group setting with women who actually know it, what it feels like and, and get you is such a huge part of the healing process. I also do one-on-one coaching. And if people are interested in that, they can go to masterpathcoaching.com. Amazing. Finding that community is everything. Emily Shawls, so great to do this with you. I really enjoyed every minute of it. And I'll be watching you, keeping my eye on everything that you're offering. Thank you so much. Oh, and can I just mention the retreat, Lyric I forgot to mention that. Yeah, absolutely. You do that every couple of months, right? Every two months, I do a free week-long online retreat called Shift Yourself. And it's just as a really good foundational information, being able to meet in community and learn about how to really heal and thrive with invisible illness, get to know me and my teaching and my style a little more. But that you can register at emilyshawls.com for All good stuff. All right, Emily Shawls, thanks again for being on Bucket List Careers. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with me for another episode. I'm Krista Laurie. Hey, if you know someone who's gone through some sort of transformation along their career journey and he or she is doing something now professionally that totally lights them up, please let me know. You know where to find me at Bucketless Careers. I'm most active on Instagram, I would say, also on Facebook, or you can tweet me at Krista Laurie. All right, until next week, be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.